So in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about the importance of kind of protecting your energy and being around the <laughs> being around the right people. Jeez. Okay, so get yourself a tea or coffee. I've just got a coffee. Right, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. Story time. Right, so protecting your energy and being around the right people is exactly the same thing, to be honest. Yeah, protecting your energy is all about understanding what's important to you, what brings out the best in you, what's toxic for you and what you value, and then protecting that against people who um, would, would obviously not compliment that. That's what that is. You hear all the time, you got to protect your energy, you got to protect your energy. Yeah, just uh, it's exposure. It's, it comes down to exposure. Now then, when I used to, when, no, what? Okay, so when I first moved to London, I flat shared with a guy um, in Twickenham. Shout out to you if you're listening to this, you're pain in the ass. And um, doubt it, he was too self-absorbed. So uh, I live with him, flat share thing. And, well, I'd never been around this kind of energy before, right? Because I was from, I came from Birmingham. Birmingham people are great fun. I love them. Very lighthearted. Everything's really funny. You know, there's a great sense of humour there, right? And then I moved to Twickenham and I'm in, I find myself in this flat with this guy who's like a record producer. And he's so serious. Everything is so serious. And every night he have has like a bottle of red wine. And every night he'll go down to the Italian downstairs and, you know, order his dinner and then come back up with it, which I just thought was fascinating. I thought, who has that kind of cash? So anyway, I kind of like, there was something about him that I just kept my arm, it kept him at arm's length. He was always nitpicking, right? So we shared a tiny little fridge because it was a tiny little thing. And anyway, I like to batch cook, so there was no room. So I used to leave it on the top. It was a cold flat anyway. It was essentially a walk-in fridge. And I made like casseroles and things, you know, being a bit um, Midlands. <laughs> That's what we do. And uh, I'd leave it on the top and he'd go knocking on my bedroom door. Kate, yep, you've left your um, your stew out on the top on the stove. Yeah, I know. Well, it'll go weird. No, it won't. It's cold. It's fine. It'll go off. No, it won't. It's cooked. Chill out. Oh, that's weird. Oh, thanks for that opinion I'd never asked for. And then I'd kind of carry on doing my own thing. And then it was like, Kate, you've got all that washing up bowl, uh, washing up in the bowl. Not mine. It's yours. Oh, yeah. No shit. You know? And it was just constant nitpicking. And I saw that he... Um, dried his bedding over the banister so I thought oh well I'll do the same so the minute I did it I, I really don't want you putting that there you know it's gonna it's gonna affect the banister I was like what you did it last week oh yeah 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 no shit and I thought who is this absolute tool right and then he wasn't fun. Like, he used to feel lonely. You could tell he had a low vibe, right? And he used to be like, come sit with me in the lounge. Why? And he'd be playing computer games. So I said, hang on, you want me to sit with you in the lounge while you play computer games? What am I meant to do? Watch you shoot somebody else in the face? How boring. No, we're good. We're good. And then he was quite rude as well. He used to say things like, you know, I had an affair with the previous flatmate. Well, what do you want, a medal? Because you ain't going near me, mate. I'm Gazer Maple. 
you know? So I used to think, who is this bizarre person? So anyway, he never tried anything. He was all mouth. And um, it was just constant criticism. And he was so capricious. Like one minute he'd be okay. And then the next minute his mood would swing. And then I couldn't keep up. I was only there for six months. So I was like, sod this. And then he was kind of clingy and moody and... He he just popped your energy. I remember coming back from the chippy because I'm a right one for having fish and chips on a Friday. And well, I was back then and I came back with a free pie and I was in the kitchen with a cup of tea with a window open and it was winter, but I liked the fresh air. And I was having me chips, me pie and me battered sausage. And he said, you got enough food there? And I thought, oh, here we go. Here we go. Let's... Uh... Uh, let's criticise some more. And I only weighed, I, I I mean, I didn't weigh much. I was walking to Kingston every day and running in the evenings. And I says, yeah, I have, thanks. And I thought, oh, shut up. Just shut up, you know. And he says, you're in a good mood. I thought, yeah, you should try it. And um, I said, well, I've just been given a free pie. I mean, that's a massive compliment, isn't it? You know. And he says, oh, they're probably just trying to sell you something, trying to make you go back. I says, well, I go back every Friday. So, yeah, that's why I got a free pie loyalty card, you know. And I thought, go away with your sticky, dirty, heavy energy. Just piss off, you know. And then I remember I, I was feeling a bit run down one night. So I went out for a run, but I didn't make it. I only did five minutes, came back. He says, was there any point of that? He was like a... like. Constant commentary on my life. Hang on, let me take a sip. And then, you know, it was just, he was just such a pain in the arse. I don't know how, and I actually think he's single because I just don't know how anyone could tolerate his bullshit. Um, you know, just horrendous, just horrendous. So anyway, I moved because I just absolutely was not 1000% not going to tolerate his energy. No way. It would have killed me slowly. Killed me slowly. And that's what I do. I run a fucking mile from these people, 1,000%. And in my job, right, because I'm obviously psychic and empathic and sympathetic and I'm ever so kind. But do you know people take advantage of that? I mean, surprise, surprise, they do. Do you want to go for coffee? Do you want to go for this? Do you want to go for that? And then I think, oh, okay, I'll be sociable. And then, poof, all this heavy energy. And I think, could you not just slid that in, like, within a sandwich of fun? But nope, straight away. And I just think, you know, and the text messages I used to get before I blocked people, they'd be like, like, just, uh, was it like, um, pages and pages and pages of this emotional dumping. Do you know, that's the first thing I look at in the morning. Do you mind? I haven't even got my faculties together and I'm reading a suicidal note, you know? And it's like, obviously I said that in jest, so please don't take offence. But it's like, just chill. You know, happiness is our decision. It really is. Misery is our decision. I hate to break it to you, but if you don't take responsibility for your life and if you're not protecting your energy and you're not watching who you're around, then you have just given all of that power all of your future and all of your current situation to that person who's obviously in misery guts. 
Yes, you can feel sorry for them. Yes, they can regurgitate and hash out some childhood trauma that they've got. But to be honest, and I'm going to be quite bold here, say this, I mean, no shit. But I have spoken to people with the most horrendous, and I know it's a case-by-case basis, the most horrendous circumstances, yet they are determined to never relive that stuff again. There is a big difference between someone using something to their current advantage, like, okay, well, that storyline kind of serves me because I get attention from it, and there's someone else going... I have hit an absolute rock bottom. I never want to look at this again and I never want to be unhappy again. There's a determination that comes when you hit a rock bottom. So when you're surrounded by people who are unhappy, capricus, mood changes, I I question whether they like it. Because if you don't like something, you change it, right? And yes, you can say, I don't have the confidence, I don't have the self-esteem. But believe me, when you hit a rock bottom and you've had enough, you will do anything to get out of it. There's only so much that you can take. There's only so far you can be pushed before you're willing to lose it all. And I'm talking from experience there. You are, You get to a point where you're like, I cannot, it's either me or them. I'm either going to die in this process and emotionally I think I'm already there because my self-care, my mental health, my emotional health is going to deteriorate so much that I'm just going to, it's like the darkening of the light and I cannot take any more. And then I meet people who feel entitled, who feel, you know, hard done by which I fully appreciate I get that you're sad but you're not changing so that means I don't have to tolerate it you never ever ever have to tolerate someone else's sadness unhappiness and car crashness you don't you can have love for these people and that probably suck you in that way and you can champion these people and hold hope for these people but the minute it starts to drag you down and affect you that's totally unacceptable and you have to be bold you know some people like to play some people like to not take responsibility some people are okay with the fact that they've wasted your life and they have this entitlement it's bizarre But I will never, ever put myself or date someone who represents that behaviour. There's no way I'm out. See ya, bye. You know? I used to date someone. I think I've kind of, you know, made hints about this. But when I was very young, I dated someone who was extremely toxic. And no one was helping me out of it. It was familiar to me. And they would hurt themselves every time I tried to leave in front of me. It was so ghastly for a young person to see and so confusing. They would say they were suicidal. They would make themselves vomit in front of me. It was horrendous. And as a young version of me, very sympathetic, very delicate. I was very, very delicate. Obviously, I wanted to be their pillar of strength. Obviously, I wanted to help them. But I saw it from my own perspective. There was ego there. I saw it only from my perspective, which is, oh, they're going through a bad phase. They obviously want to get better. 
And I look back now in a much more mature sense and say, no, they absolutely did not want to get better. They were using it to manipulate. Because I don't manipulate, I just don't think other people do. And that's the danger. When you are a really nice person, you just don't think other people are not nice. But people thrive in chaos. When you are in the dark, put it like this, when you're in the dark, depending how in the dark you are, I mean, the dark's dark, right, I guess. But with that darkness comes ignorance. With that darkness comes selfishness and manipulation. So you're going to be acting from those things. When you're in the light, the light is love, enthusiasm, joy, passion. You think that you're coming from that perspective. So don't underestimate people, you know? Like this flatmate, he had a sad story. I'm not going to lie. He had a story that warranted a lot of sympathy. But how long in his life is he going to keep using that story? And how much of that story is he going to use for his own demise? He was self-destructive. Of course he was. He didn't want to be happy. Of course he didn't. You know, he had a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of um, sadness. But so do I. So does everybody else, you know. And it's like you can't allow yourself to be drained. You are a wonderful, incredible person who is a prime example of what love is. So don't let other people ruin your life. Whether you're in a marriage, a relationship, a friendship, whatever it is, if you're slowly being killed and this person is slowly twisting the knife in all the fucking time and they are making you relive your worst moments in your past, get the fuck out, whether you've got kids or not. The only thing you do is if you stay in a situation like that and you have kids, those kids are going to think that's normal. And so the pattern continues. Do me a favor and save your soul, seriously. So protect your energy by controlling who has access to your sympathy, your empathy, your values and behaviors, and how much time you give them recognizing and measuring your value and recognizing and measuring your time are the two most incredible assets that you can have to engineer a happy life. We cannot make excuses for people's bad behavior. You walk into a prison for the most heinous crimes and you ask every single person who's committed those crimes what their backstory is, they'll have an excuse, you know? And then you can walk into a charity where people are helping others and ask them what their story is. There'll be very similar stories. It's just that one person's decided to give back and help others because they never want anyone to feel like they did. And the other person has taken it out and killed people because of it. You know? When I went backpacking, I actually visited an AIDS hospital and it was really quite an um, eye-opener in terms of the suffering. I walked through the corridors and was talking to people and the suffering was, it was, to be honest, the level of energy, the suffering energy, it was like being in hell. There was, I was surrounded by pain and it was the most humbling experience. And, you know, I've suffered in my life. I've been I'm incredible. I've got a very, very sad component to my heart, 1000%. It's very, very sad. 
and it gets me sometimes and sometimes in the evening it kind of comes up a little bit and it pings and I think oh and I just grieve for me a little bit but I just remember situations where I've put myself in where I made sure that I wasn't the be all and end all of the pain world and I was like I need to meet people who are in greater pain than me just to add a bit of perspective and to humble me a little bit and when I saw that amount of pain I then realized that most people's pain they don't they don't explore other people's pain. So they their pain is their world and they think the world revolves around them and their pain. No, the world revolves around the sun, first of all, not you. And second of all, there are people who are worse off. And if you remember that, then it kind of puts your pain into perspective a little bit and you're able to kind of use it as a tool to motivate, stimulate and help other people rather than sit there in this vapid black hole that you're creating like a helix and dragging everyone else down with you like it's unbelievable I don't mean to sound like a cold-hearted bitch here I know I'm gonna but at the end of the day how much shit you're gonna take you know and at the end of the day I think it's about time that you start to put some boundaries in place you know you can't keep feeling sorry for people who don't want to change when you hit a rock bottom you will do anything anything to find a solution because the pain becomes unbearable which tells me the pain isn't unbearable you're managing it quite well just enough to get the sympathy just enough to get the manipulation and the control and I'm not going into your backstory as to why the control is so important to you honestly I'm not my problem and my uh, focus is on you guys and protecting your energy and making sure that you don't get sucked in to a darkness and that your your light isn't becoming darkness. We need people like you. And when I say we, me, the healers, the spirit guides, the light energy, we need you back. You need to come back to us. You need to come back into the light. We need to, we need to, you need to come home. You know, you've been playing around in the dark and being around all these dark energy people. Please come home. You need to cut it off, cut it off, cut them off. Don't feel guilt about it. And you need to come back home because we miss you and you need to be more in the light because your life is so shit at the moment, all right? So think about what I've said. No more negative thinking, no more negativity, no more negative people. Be decisive. And if people think you're a cold-hearted bitch, then whatever. Let them think that. They're only saying that because you're not feeding into their bullshit anymore. You know? Like, for God's sake. So, look, come here for a big cuddle. You've been through the wars, you really have. And you've been taken advantage of time and time and time again. Whether it's relationships, marriage, work, friends, colleagues, who gives a shit? Right, you've been through enough. So come here for a giant hug. Mm, gives you head. Mm. Okay, I want you to come back home into the light and then have a happier life. You deserve it. These people are not your problem. They can go and find some religion and get some help that way. Or go rehab. Or go to an AIDS hospital and actually see what pain is. Because that was shocking. Right? Perspective. Perspective. All right? So I love you so, so, so much. Please believe in yourself, all right? 
and you deserve happiness. And I really, really hope life is too short, right? I really hope that you've got to a point you think, right, that's it. From this moment on, I'm going to be happy. I can't take this shit anymore. All right? Love you.